1: Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One.
0: I'm Martin Cove, Sensei John Kreese from the Cobra Kai TV series and the Karate Kid trilogy. And I'm hosting a new podcast, Cobra Cove, with my own kids, Rachel and Jessica. We're breaking down Cobra Kai episodes and talking about everything from pop culture to bullying and personal development. With all kinds of great guests from the TV
1: series Hollywood and the mental health world. Listen to Cobra Cove's now at Apple Podcasts,
0: Spotify, and Podcast One. Do you have a problem with that? No, Sensei. Sensei. I mean, Dad. Well, we get into some uh, auction prices. We get into the uh, new vet z 6 We get into um, the new Bronco Raptor. Lots to discuss in this show. First, there's Geico. Great. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about you bundle? Bundle your policies at GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to GEICO.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save at GEICO. That is GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on the track. I'm going to get it on. Welcome to CarCast, man. Pearl. it's Matt, the moderator, DeAndre over there. Hello, how are you? Good. How are you doing?
1: Good. You know, I just took a quick little trip for the opening ceremonies of Bear Jackson mm-hmm. back here for a few days. I'm going to head back out there, but. Uh, you know, just lots of buzz kicking off the year in the auction world with Amelia Island coming up as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Stock market's going down, but we'll see how much longer the, the car thing goes. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing because the stock market's going down. That makes people nervous. But still buying new cars is difficult because of shortages and chip shortages and stuff. So the demand for these
0: collector cars
1: is still pretty high.
0: Yeah, and it's it's bleeding into some strange categories like GMC Cyclones, yeah, and uh, typhoons and weird '80s trucks and '70s trucks. And yeah, it just um, it's it's taking a turn. It you know it was you know it was German. It was Mercedes. It was Porsche, and then it. Kind of trickled down to Z cars and some Datsuns and stuff, and then, you know, Toyota Supras. And now, now it's just spilling all over the place. Vipers and Dodge, uh, yeah. Viper SRT trucks, and, you know, just weird stuff from the er, early 2000s. But that's kind of like the
1: the lesser expensive collectibles, like people kind of kept an eye on, you know, eighteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollar vehicles, and then a lot of them popped and percentage wise, you know, they're popping to fifty grand. You're like, oh my God, that's you know, forty percent pop. Like, what is that what does that mean? What does that do? So people are going, oh I'm gonna go get my fifty grand and then other people are going, Hey, this could keep going. So I'm gonna spend fifty grand or whatever on a you know, on an SRT truck or Cyclone or something.
0: Seems like the switch is from your, you know, it used to be sports cars that you collected. And it, you know, got down to the Datsun 2000 Roadsters and some uh, things of that nature, Mm two-seaters, convertibles, that kind of stuff, 60s, early 70s. Now it's shifted from the sports cars into the Utes and the trucks and yeah. the Broncos and the Blazers, and it's it's taken this sort of shift to these bigger off roady and and then you know American Muscle stuff. Some of the some of the must some of the rare Mustangs and you know the stuff that just wasn't on the docket you know, Vipers and Mustangs wasn't really a thing. I mean, unless they're, you know, real vintage Mustangs.
1: Some of the things that I don't understand is there's a handful of these cars that you're talking about that are are popping up at auctions and bring a trailer with almost no miles on them. And some of them, like anything that's limited production arguably has some value later. But when you have just a turnkey, you know, 89 Fox body Mustang. And you're like, it's got 800 miles on it. I'm like, but why, why, where did it go? What was it doing that nobody ever drove a stock Mustang or, you know, there's a few things like an Integra type R you're like, Oh, that's a cool car. But now this one pops up and, you know, someplace and it doesn't have any miles before we even thought about any of these cars being collectible or worth something. I I don't know who is the guy or the gal that said, hey, I'm going to get a Fox body Mustang or a stock Camaro or a stock truck. Just a, just a, Hey, I got a really nice, you know, 95 Ford Bronco and I never drove it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. To me though, like, you know, saying this car, which is not a great car, but it still has the original paper, Foot mats from the dealership. It, it that's not intriguing to me. It, it, it's still a crappy car. It's just <laughs> yeah. brand new. I I mean, I get there's a category for everybody, but I'm I kind of wonder if the craze of the low mileage thing is even a. I I don't know if it's going to last the test of time.
1: Right, because we're not talking about cars that are. Particularly special other than the low miles. So right. I always wondered, like, why did you even keep it low miles? It wasn't a special car to begin with, you know? Right. You know, back in the day, if you got, you know, the Corvette ZR1 with the crazy four valve engine and you're like, yeah, this is different. We know it's going to be limited. You know, maybe I, you know, maybe you put two or 3,000 miles on it and then you kind of hold it at there. I get it. But if you say, hey, it's a bone stock 84 Corvette, I'm never going to drive it and just see what happens one day with you know 800
0: miles on it that's a weird move (laughs) well there's always been those kind of weird guys who get the car drive it from the dealership put it up on blocks you know hermetically (laughs) seal the garage but I'm with you if whatever it is I feel the same about architecture. It's like, I, you know, what if you just got a bad 70s house and you just never moved into it and you just kept it pristine? It's still a bad 70s <laughs> yeah. house. Like that's yeah. the way I I approach it. But there's a lot of big stuff coming up at auctions, right? There is. The
1: one that uh, I just got the email about today that I, I, I thought would be interesting because we've talked about Daytonas for so long, but this Ferrari Daytona that's coming up, it's uh you know it's a Daytona spider it's at r m it's going on the block i I mean as you listen to the show i it's probably happened already, but we're in here on a Wednesday and things are happening so I think it's it's going up uh tomorrow thursday the uh-huh. january twenty seventh it's going up but I don't know this is kind of an interesting car right because we've seen. Numbers of Daytona go from hundreds of thousands to millions, depending on what it was, and and now we're talking about V twelve convertible, uh, interesting color, this silver, uh, number thirty one of one hundred and twenty one built, and I'm trying to figure out, uh, and only fourteen in this color. I I, I get they they start to. Yeah. (laughs) Make it more and more rare with whatever they can.
0: The the 18th left hand drive Ferrari Daytona in silver to leave the factory. Like at some point, it just is diminishing returns. But the the convertibles have always been worth quite a bit more, probably about four or five times as much as the the coupes. And uh, the converted convertibles are worth probably less than the coupes.
1: Yeah, you know, and then we talk about we talk about the celebrity factor. Sometimes it makes a difference. Sometimes it doesn't make a difference. You know, sometimes you know uh, Elton John rolls out three wacky, you know, a Rolls Royce. You, you know, at an auction, it doesn't move the needle. But uh, do you think actor or uh, uh, the the director Sidney Pollock? This was his car. I don't think it moves the needle on this one.
0: John Lennon doesn't move the needle. Yeah. Paul McCartney doesn't move the needle. Elton yeah, John, yeah. as you mentioned, doesn't really move the needle.
1: I mean, it's a cool little thing to say. Yeah, Sidney Pollock owned it, whatever. and Maybe it ends up, you know, maybe the Peterson wants to borrow it for their Hollywood, you know, thing for, right. you know, for nine months. But I don't think it moves the needle on price with this car. I think the car is special enough. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have – it certainly doesn't have, you know, the the McQueen factor in it. It doesn't really have eh, – you know, I I don't know. I just don't – I don't think it does that. But it's a cool car. It's The estimate is 2.4 to 2.8 million. And is this online? I believe this is – I think RM is doing the event and Gooding is doing the online version. So uh, that's
0: – Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah.
1: Now, the VIG I've on this Phoenix. is going to be
0: – Phoenix. Yeah, yeah,
1: Phoenix. I think the vig on this is a little higher, maybe because the car isn't owned by someone in the U.S. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know f- the full details on it, but they're saying it's it's twelve percent on stuff over two hundred fifty thousand, or in the, at least in this particular car, and ten percent. Uh, let me see if that's it should right. be the other way around. Twelve so percent on up under. To Yeah, up to two hundred fifty thousand, which is weird because it's it's two point four to two point eight million, and then ten percent. I was like, but on the first two fifty, do you pay the?
0: No, no, I I don't think so. I don't think so.
1: I think it's just ten percent.
0: I was at the uh, Mercedes dealership last night. Oh yeah, yeah. Took Natalia out to look at cars. Not that she deserves a car, but I looked at one. uh, I looked at one anyway. The guy said. the E's were going, or asses, whatever over sticker. Everything is what the new one is, and uh, they're pretty much gone when they get there. So there's none of that. Uh, the other thing I thought was, but, but the same thing
1: with like a Kia Telluride, as we've mentioned before. Like that's kind of where we are right now.
0: Yeah. The other thing I was uh, interested in is a um, a three. well this is what the guy said, but I don't know if it made. All the sense in the world. Well, he said uh, Mercedes is doing no more V6s. So he said they're just doing two liters. Okay. And, uh, and the C-Class, the C300, has a two-liter uh, turbocharged. Mm-hmm. And that the E350 has a V8. And I thought, 3.5 yeah. V8? It's yeah, a 350, I, and then it's 350 even the the displacement, or is everything that's out the window now? I, he said I honestly, no more V6s. But he was 26 years yeah,
1: old. Yeah. it's I, I mean, I guess it's possible. It doesn't seem right. Uh, it sounds like most of the V8s I think they're doing, or if, if they're doing them, they're in the bigger AMG cars. Yeah. I don't even know there's a lot of non AMG cars that are doing the 8. I thought 6 is kind of the way to go. It seems like an interesting move to see, me. Be,
0: see if Mercedes is doing the V6 anyway. He said <laughs> yeah. no more V6s. They had a uh, big AMG, I don't know what on there. It was the um big four-door kind of low slung but not the SUV, you know, kind of a kind of kind of what you know what Porsche has but in Mercedes and um,
1: like a CLS.
0: Yeah, it was like buck 72 or something yeah. with the uh, sticker price. Yeah. It's crazy. What,
1: what, is that with their markup or are they
0: I have no, I the just The market
1: adjustment? I just I don't even know if they write it down in there.
0: I just uh I just looked at it and um, so we jumped in a couple of convertibles and uh of course in Italy I liked the e-series a lot better because she, she liked the interior a lot more and i was like yeah because that's 20 grand more than the than the c yeah series see you know a little plain jane i don't really even know where mercedes is right now but it seems like they got good product i don't know where they're they, at with they, market share
1: you know uh they're they're doing well um they do have a good product i i know a lot of their vehicles rank very highly uh a, the top of the list and their categories on Edmunds. Um, you know, mostly we're looking at SUVs, but uh but you know, I don't know, just like styling these days, it never really caught my attention. I'm looking at some of the SUVs and some of the cars and they look kind of odd and kind of bubbly and the new EV that they have out, the EQS, I think. Um, fantastic specs, four hundred and something mile range. I just can't get over the look of it. It's just too weird looking to me. It's, it's too, I don't know, bubbly and weird. And I get they're like, yeah, but it's the most aerodynamic production car you can buy. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. I get why it looks that way. I just don't like it. You know, same thing with the new BMWs. Like, I, I get why it looks that way. You know, with with the efficiency and the cooling. But those big buck tooth grille on the front of the BMWs, it's just not doing anything for me. At all. So I I don't know. I think you have to appeal visually to people that gets them in the door, and then you can sell them on quality and stuff. I I think Mercedes is doing very well.
0: So Mercedes announced its dealers in August. Almost all V8s are suspended for 2022 in the U.S. So this guy said Mercedes not building any more V6s.
1: Yeah, which would seem weird because I think everything has a 6 or a 4. <laughs> well, know. he meant V8s. He meant V8s. And do we know that they're canceling the V8 permanently other than the AMG cars, possibly? Or are they saying... We're not making any of the V eight like S classes or something because supply chain whatever and we're just not doing it. I, I get they're gonna probably phase it out at some point. But it's a little unclear as to why. They they said Yeah, almost all V eights, including all AMGs, are dead for the US market for twenty twenty two due to supply chain so, issues. So Yeah. So they're not saying it's done forever. Uh huh. They're just saying for now it's fine. But mm-hmm. probably if you want to go to the dealer and order you know your your G-Wagon V8 AMG you know the G63 you probably could still get it you know in 18 months from now or 2 years from now until they start doing more and more of the EVs and hybrids but right now there's not a lot in their lineup
0: of so there of those. there's some 935s coming up for sale that's uh, at yeah. Amelia Island I hadn't even seen these yeah and this an uh IROC uh, Porsche as well 74 I think this, oh wow. Got some good stuff. Now it looks like one of those nine thirty fives was the one that they were trying to sell a while back, which was the um Chandler, I think the family that owns the Los Angeles Times or own the Los Angeles Times. I think they were trying to sell the blue Sinoco looking one that's out there and I I think they brought it to Amelia Island or something a couple of years ago, and it didn't sell. You're right. Oh, I'm right. The other looks like a uh, Interscope, and they tried to sell an Interscope recently too, but this is a different Interscope. Interscope had a lot of Porsches, evidently. Yeah. They raced those things. And then a uh, a Foyt uh, 911, uh, I which is kind of cool, and then a uh, uh, Brumos, nine thirty four. Looks like we're looking at nine thirty four and a half. Kind of hard uh, to tell. Um, there was, um, or maybe it's an RSR. I don't, I don't know. What is that? It's Brumos? an RSR. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. so we got
1: it. We got a seventy four uh, RSR IROC and a seventy four rsr are the two cars the rsr irock estimated 1.1 to 1.3 million and the other rsr is estimated at eight hundred thousand to 1.2 million
0: the category that has been pretty flat for a couple of years is the high-end porsches the 935s yeah. and 917s um trying to think uh some of the you know uh, dedicated race car high end stuff nine. God, what was it? Nine fifty nine? No, not nine fifty nine. It's too many numbers now. Nine. Let's uh, see so what do the Hotchkiss guys have. They had that two. Sixty two. It's just too. <laughs> there's too many. But the the point is, is that category has been flat yeah. for for a couple of years. Yeah. They they keep thinking they're going to get some big, um, some big numbers, and they haven't really been getting the big numbers on the big Porsche so race cars. The, the
1: blue, the blue nine thirty five, and then the black Interscope car. The blue one is estimated at one point five to one point eight million, and the Interscope car, the black nine thirty five, um, both nineteen seventy nine, is one point seven to two million for the. Interscope 935. Is it, maybe it's just me, but I just kind of felt like, I feel like these numbers are like a little light for nine so Wasn't kind of the entry price for the 935 at about 2 million bucks?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think there's been an adjustment with these cars. They People are pretty pie in the sky and they've kind of flattened out. And I think people have adjusted on them because the... The category that's been going up is the newer special order sort of, you know, 2000s, you know, the Porsche category that's been going is the street category, the GT3 and the GT2s. And you you got the center locks and you got this delete radio delete or something. And you got the six speed manual. Those things are going berserk like the the street yeah. version and you'd kind of think that the that the top of the food chainers the 962s and the 917s and some of the rare like 550 spider race cars kind of James Dean 935s RSRs you go oh well those are they're not really those aren't moving yeah those are, have been like you know there was a 917 was a no sale last year at uh, Pebble Beach mm-hmm. I think there's a you know nine thirty five that just sold maybe kind of the little below the minimum um, estimate the low estimate like the upper food chain Porsches aren't aren't moving out of out of just about any any category and they haven't really moved in the last few years the 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 category that has moved with the upper food chain uh, Porsches. Are, you know, the Paris to Dakar, mm-hmm. like the 959 Rothman, you know, that won the Paris to Dakar and you know, 1981 or whatever. Those, for some reason, the off road weird version yeah. have been, have been, those have jumped up a ton. But the, 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 the crazy race and crazy race cars in general that were kind of going nuts. I mean, you know, Ferrari GTOs aside. They've just been kind of flat for the last few years,
1: and I think Porsche is going to be releasing a limited, another limited car. They love their limited cars. I think they're going to do like a safari version of a brand new modern 911. Oh, really? Yeah, there was was some teaser uh, photo or something that came out saying, you know, Porsche is preparing for their safari 911. Uh, You know, I. It's kind of interesting because it's like. It's obviously they. On some level, like who buys it? What's it for? Get one of the SUVs. But the truth is, is it's for the collector, right? Right. It's just something else to collect, and that for that Porsche audience who loves to do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're looking at one now. Yeah, that's and 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 there've been a few clones and tributes and replicas. I know they all mean the same thing, but. There's been, you know, you've seen some guys do the Rothman style Paris to the car, 9-11, yeah. you know, and that's, that's kind of the trendy thing. And if you kind of, kind of make sense, because I was saying at the top of the show that the, that the, yeah, we're looking at it. Looks good. Someone in
1: my neighborhood has the uh, like a Cayenne, and just and it's all wrapped the Rothman is style.
0: Guy's a douche, <laughs> or I love him. <laughs> the, the The point is, is we're talking about the market is now trucks and off road and Broncos and stuff like that, and the category that's been kind of lagging is the sports car, street car. Two seater, yeah, whatever. And this is kind of saying, all right, let's take the off road vibe and cram it up the tailpipe of the two seater, right? And charge a
1: premium to collectors, and why not, right? right? Yeah, right.
0: And I think a lot of it sometimes is just Porsche kind of flexing their, you know, design muscle. Just going, we can do whatever we want. Let's do something cool.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny because if you think about. This is a company that's done so many interesting things in their past. They can always lean on that heritage again and go, Oh yeah, we can we can get away with a Safari nine eleven. You know, kind of an off-roading nine eleven. We can get away with, you know, this and that because they have some taste of that historically and it makes it kind of interesting again.
0: Yeah, you know it would be interesting uh weirdly Datsun Z cars have a big off-road, yeah. you know, yeah. Baja 1000 kind of history and probably done some Paris to the car too stuff. I did a lot of rallying mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I want, I'm sure Nissan's not even dreaming of it, but a Z version of it's that.
1: Like the modern Z, the brand new Z that we saw, right? The, right. The Proto doing kind of a, a Safari off-road version of that.
0: Yeah. Harkening uh, you know? back to BRE and the Z's and the five, you know, Baja yeah. 500, and they probably did some a lot of European rallying and stuff like that. Like that, that would be a cool piece. Yeah,
1: that'd be a cool piece to to do. Which is interesting. I just sat down with uh, at at a SEMA conference and met with all the aftermarket companies and kind of what's going on with them and what are they developing? And, you know, we talked a lot about EV and stuff, but the big push, just all the money, the parts they've made this year, the money they brought in is, is you're right. It's the off-road, the off-road thing. It's just like people are, you know, during, during lockdowns and COVID, it, it kind of gave everybody the thought of, Hey, maybe I can explore the outdoors again. I mean, why be cooked up inside? You can go outside in the nature, take your mask off and, people just started just really leaning into all the off-road stuff and they're selling tons of gear. And I'm sure it's just beyond the, the, the automotive aftermarket. Like I'm sure REI is having a really good year. (laughs) Yeah. I see tents all over the city. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So crushing it. Yeah. They're crushing it. Well, I, you know, all the gear for that stuff is doing really well.
0: I think it transcends the get out and hit the open trail. And, which is part of it, you know, with COVID and everything. But I think there's also a weird kind of urban fear part, like people are picturing themselves turning down a street and getting into the middle of a Black Lives Matter rally (laughs) and, like, all of a sudden having to throw the thing in reverse and pop up over the curb, you know, (laughs) and push a car out of the way (laughs) and hightail it back to suburbia. Like, I think there's a little urban... (laughs) element why I don't go to Beverly Hills. of going down the street and you got a bunch of homeless people around you and you got to like, it's not enough just to, you know, you may have to hop up on the curb and you may have to push something out of the way. Yeah. And I need a brush guard and a little ground yeah. clearance for that. I think there's an element of that going on. Thank too.
1: God for the Safari 911.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're,
1: they're making the right move. Because I, I just don't,
0: it can't, it, it, there's no way seeing all these Jeeps and all these Raptors and all these T-Rexes and everything roaming up and down the streets of Santa Monica and Malibu. I never see any mud on any of those cars. <laughs> no, they, and, and people leave the mud on the car. Cause it's, it's like the guys leave the, uh... when I was in junior high, you know, we never went skiing of course, cause it's like rentals and money and somewhere and something. But the guys who did, they would come back to school after the winter break and they'd have their lift pass swinging around their parka.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: they just leave it on there for two months. So you could understand that their family loved yeah. them way more than your broke ass family <laughs> loves you. And it was a thing. And I think guys do that with mud on their trucks. Like when the guys who really go out, womping it. They want to let the neighborhood know, hey man, this yeah. ain't this ain't for taking down to the Whole Foods.
1: There's another guy. There's a guy that that uh, especially where in in high school for me like South Florida, you hit the drag strip on the weekend, you show up at you know your oh. high school parking lot with the marker in the window. The, you gotta the, have the the shoe polish, polish marker in the window. That shoe yeah. polish yeah. number yeah, on the I race. That yeah, says yeah. I erase. I take it to the track, buddy.
0: That's right. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's your little I voted sticker that's that you leave it. on exactly for two that. days. I gave blood. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. You have Why'd to you leave it on
1: the window? I just didn't wash it yet. Are you right. gonna wash it at all this month? Probably not.
0: <laughs> right. So I'm not seeing a lot of mud on any of those trucks. No. I think it's more of a urban freakout situation. I yeah. think it's more of uh <laughs> we don't know when the shit's going down and when we do we may have you know, stuck in traffic. We may have to hop up and mm-hmm. uh, barrel over a couple of uh, Priuses. Like you like think World War Z
1: is fiction, but there's a version of it that's getting close. Yeah, you know, yeah. Of the Living Dead, just they're not actually dead.
0: <laughs> they're not undead. <laughs> I still never figured out Maxipata what happened with Schwarzenegger and his arrow. His Left arrow thing. I couldn't really figure I, out. I
1: saw that too, and he he just basically ran over a Prius. And his, yes. And his, And then was there another car? Somebody then hit from behind. There was a behind? Porsche. Yeah, there was a
0: Porsche in there. Yeah.
1: And. Yeah, so where this was like sunset right off the four o five, like it the sunset exit, sunset-y. kind of by the Getty ish. Yeah, sunset
0: in Allenford. Okay. I don't know where Allen. We don't know, or nobody okay. knows where people who live on Allenford. <laughs> they
1: don't, don't know, know where no, Allenford know. is, so, but you ask them where they live, they say sunset the 405. <laughs> I saw.
0: I saw a picture, but you know, I I wasn't. I don't know if I was telling you about this, but you know, I was. After PCH had a few mudslides and I got diverted over to uh, Sunset to try to get back to Malibu and was like sitting there, a giant eucalyptus tree, a 100 years old, just fell over like right in the middle oh, of yeah. the street and knocked the power lines down and there were sparks and transformers blowing up. And, and I was like, I'm glad I'm not in a little convertible. At at this point, like it was raining cats and dogs there, there may, you know, the, the, the sparks everywhere, tree falling down. Like, I'm, I'm like, I, I get it. People, people want to be able to drive over a tree trunk and get the fuck out of there. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so I think, I think we're kind of, I think we're kind of getting there and any, you know, the Prius is, is basically a wedge Mm -hmm. at least. It is when you have an Escalade. Right, <laughs> certain uh, certain years. And uh, I don't think he had an Escalade. He had a GMC Denali, I think.
1: Yeah, okay. Probably the same yeah.
0: platform. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he just drove over the top. But I know he turned left against the Red Arrow. Yeah. But I don't know what the hell else was going yeah. on. So Charles so, is really reporting it. BBC says that the Prius was trying to make a U-turn during that. Oh, that's what... Oh, that always does
1: kind of throw you off when you're in a yes. rush, and everyone's in a rush to catch a light in LA, right? Right, and now I, I kind of see what what's going on. I'm trying to picture which directions that they were going to make it happen. Oh, so he was making a left turn, and then this Prius, maybe in front of him, coming toward him, was making a
0: U-turn or going the other direction. And was making a U turn and turned back. Oh, turn back he, toward as, him. as he was.
1: Possibly, I, I get it. So the Prius maybe was no. Actually,
0: well, yeah, yeah, could have turned. Yeah, I think the Prius was doing a U turn as he was going forward. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, I don't know. Might be on the U turn person. Uh,
1: yeah, kind of I, on the U turn. U turn well, is not the what thing we is, plan on. Is I, I saw it. You know, I saw TMZ's article and articles about saying you know, you know. Schwarzenegger was in this accident he was very nice and apologetic, but nobody really said whose fault it was. I was trying to do the math on this going whose direction it was that uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the big GMC. Yeah, That's basically like the, the, the Escalade. Right. So now this what? This Porsche Taycan behind him is, is – I guess. Which is why he couldn't back off the hood of the – I have no... Because the Porsche guy's like, oh, you got a scratch on the front. I'm not moving my
0: car. Everyone just leaves everything where it is now. My thing is like, back it the fuck out and get out of there. Yeah. Although, airbag deploys and you can't start the car. I don't know. You know, what happens once the airbag deploys? I mean, you have to reset it, right? I don't...
1: Yeah. That's a good question. Does the vehicle start? Does it...
0: Receive a vehicle, after the airbag deploys, if you can start the vehicle and move the vehicle.
1: Do you think he hit OnStar and had a conversation? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> They're like, we saw that the airbags deployed. Are you okay? <laughs> I'll be back. I'm seeing most vehicles will not start. Most. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, it looks like the Prius was trying to hook a <gasps> Uey
1: I mean... There's carnage, but everybody looks fine like like the, the cabin of all of these cars are fine. It doesn't mm-hmm. even look like honestly, I don't even see broken glass on the windshield. I don't even yeah. see like everybody just got out of the car right and they were they were just fine,
0: yeah, I know I think the driver of the Prius went to the hospital yeah, and her you head know was bleeding, but as soon it's as bleeding. they found out, you know now it's Schwarzenegger, He got some deep pockets in there, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you, think, know. you think they cut their head a little, like WWE style?
0: They put a piece of glass in their hand yeah. and, like, smack themselves on the head. Yeah, WWE style.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh, I don't know what happened. Mm. <laughs> I swear I was wearing my seatbelt, though.
0: <laughs> I wonder where, where is that? Is that close to the 405? I had it as down, a little further down, Sunset, toward the beach, but.
1: I guess – so they said a mile from his house. I think he lives in Santa Monica, so maybe that's where – down to that area.
0: Uh-huh. Well, yeah. anyway. Uh, let's see. What else is going? Uh, Corvette's got a 70th anniversary edition of the uh, C8 and the Z06. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's an interesting trim package that they're going to do, but to be able to do it on the regular C8 or the Z06 is interesting. One's black with uh, – uh, like red trim on the wheels and I think red interior and then there's the white one that uh, has a different trim on the wheels. It looks kind of interesting. I'll I tell you, I, I, you know, when I just popped over for the opening of, uh, gala event for Barrett-Jackson, went through the vendor booths before people were there during the setup day and uh, yeah, they got the Z06 in that GM booth and this thing is just, I mean, you're talking mid-engine, crazy wings and canards on the track pack. You know, the zero to 60 on these cars is sub three second, wow. flat plane crank V8, high winding. And at at around 100, maybe 100 something grand, it's like, it's tough. This is McLaren 720S and Ferrari 488 performance. Right and a car that's a fourth the cost. Right. You know, it's like it's really kind of hard to to beat that car and everyone that has a C8 is just saying how great it is. A guy like Ken Linginfelder is saying I'm not sure how far I can go with these cars cuz they're so good and they're actually really nice to drive.
0: Yeah, and that's another example of a car that you could get, get the limited edition, get all the bells and the whistles, upgrade brakes, or suspension, or track pack, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and uh, hang on to that thing, and the way things are going, yeah. it's going to definitely follow in, you know, look, if Dodge Vipers can catch fire as of late, yeah. then certainly that an car an
1: example to say catch fire, but sure, I think you meant value, <laughs> not literally catch on fire.
0: Well, catch fire <laughs> from a collector standpoint.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a phrase. It's a phrase. No, just because they run a little hot.
0: Do they? Yeah,
1: especially, oh. you know, the side pipes when everyone burned them. Oh, yeah. And then they had to do the rear exhaust because everyone was burning themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I, I
0: miss those side pipes, man. Yeah.
1: Even when they kind of hit it in the fiberglass panels, the fiberglass got too hot, so now you didn't even see the exhaust pipe as much, and then you're just like, oh, I'm just going to put my foot out, and it's still freaking hot, so now I got to redo the exhaust a little bit. But I, I think... I think the Corvette C8 is a great sports car. And I think the Z06 is going to just be a, a crazy machine and a collectible. But yeah. yeah, And they're going to show up at Le Mans, right? I, they've got to, right? They've got to show up. I mean, Corvette for sure. Um, I'm not sure what they have to do to to the engine for that. I don't really – I'm not up to snuff on, the, on the, the specs for that. But I imagine some of the aero and things that they figured out on the – for, uh, probably on the racing team applied to the Z06 track pack, and then it's probably going to look similar to that.
0: The um, Le Mans version of that car will probably be detuned. Yeah. It'll probably be down yeah. 200 horsepower.
1: Yeah. Speaking of racing, I didn't get a chance to look this up. Uh, Chris, maybe you can find it, but uh, Daytona was this weekend, and I know our friend Simon Pagina was out there. In his new Meyer Shank Racing car, I think he qualified P four. Do we know kind of what the results were uh, of of Daytona? Um, hmm. Be curious to look that up. But um, the other thing that came out this week, the big announcement, is the Ford Bronco Raptor. All right. Uh, so thirty seven inch tires, bigger, wider. Um, and I was talking with uh, Alistair from Edmonds, and we had this conversation about. It's only in the four-door, which is obviously the longer wheelbase than the two-door. Uh, it has the three-liter turbo V6 out of the Ford Explorer ST. So they're saying 400 horsepower or 400 plus. They didn't give an exact number. You know, It uh-huh. could be 410, 415. Uh, paddle shifters. Um, and it's wide, much wider than the regular Bronco. So – The thought was maybe not the best for rock crawling, but the theme of Raptor was always kind of high-speed off-roading. But because Ford wants to kind of build Bronco as a brand, this does open the idea up of Ford doing another version, maybe Raptor, maybe not a Raptor, that isn't the four-door, maybe the shorter wheelbase, narrower Slower speed rock climbing version. Uh huh. You know, so you can get the all over Bronco. Then you can get a Raptor for your high speed off roadiness and, and l- arguably a little bit limited production. And then maybe some other version that's more off roady. But it's interesting they're building a hell of a brand out of this uh, Marco, uh, Bronco marquee.
0: God love Ford, American cars, cars back. I mean, uh, and and nice to see the Mustang and the Bronco, you know, back stronger than ever. All right, we're going to have to cut it a little bit short because of my schedule today. Yeah. The uh, Brea Improv, February 6th, going to be doing two live shows there. Bill Shatner will be up on one of them, and Dennis Quaid will be up on the other. And then Spokane, Washington, that'll be February 17th. And Tacoma, that'll be uh, February 18th, 19th. You go to com. And you can uh, get tickets to all that stuff and uh, pre order my book, which is uh, coming out July 19th at com. What do you got, Motorator? I just
1: follow me on Instagram at Motorator. I'll be posting uh, from the auctions from uh, Barrett's.
0: So, until next time, Adam Kroll for Matt, the Motorator DeAndrea, saying keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about you bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save at Geico. That is geico.com today. That's geico.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.